greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Welcome back to Winds of Change. I'm your host and Bible teacher, Keith McKenzie. Uh, we're in Genesis chapter 3. I think we might have done verse 1 uh, last show, introducing the, uh, the serpent. So I think we uh, covered that pretty good. By no means exhaustive in uh, our attempt to talk about angiology. Uh, you know, entire uh, volumes are uh, dedicated to some of these things that we're just going to introduce. Uh, but it's just very important that we do that. Let's go ahead and start this session off with uh, prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that um, you've given us your word. Your word is a lamp under our feet. It helps us not to stumble. And we need your word. We need the illumination by your Holy Spirit. Give us eyes and ears to both see and hear what your word has to say to us today. Bless us and help us to be able to worship you in spirit and truth because that's what you desire and we want to fulfill the desires of your heart in Jesus mighty name amen all right so let's go ahead got your Bibles Genesis chapter 3 I think we're gonna cover verse 2 right now but some of these things will will pick up some speed as we go through here but it's going to take a little while because we have a lot of very important topics as we discussed last week on, you know, being introduced here in uh, this chapter. So let's just go ahead and, and reread the first couple of, of verses and then we'll touch on that. And it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat? of the tree of the garden. So Satan introduces, the serpent introduces that doubt. Now right here, what we want to look at in verse 2, it says, And the woman said to the serpent, says, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Okay, that's true. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat. Now notice here, it says there's a little comma, and it says, nor shall you touch it lest you die. God didn't say that. This was this is already here. We, we're just into the you know very first part here of um, you know Genesis chapter three, and we already have you know we have the creation, right? Uh, God gives some commands: be fruitful and multiply. Um, tells Adam, you know, not to eat of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. And so if we look in um, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, if we back up just a little bit, and, and it says, And the Lord God commanded, okay, it was a command, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. That's it. That's all he said. You shall not eat. And it says, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That's Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. But Eve says, we're not, she adds, nor shall you touch it lest you die. That's religion. Religion is always adding things to God's word. 
God's word actually closes out um, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 18. Uh, it says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add to these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. So, you know, we already find that man is adding. So th this is where legalism, if you've ever heard of the term, comes in. It's where um, good people, good, you know, they think they're doing good, but what they do is, is they know that this is sin, okay? And then they say, okay, we're not supposed to, you know, eat this. And so what they do is they, they put up a fence because they don't want you to eat it. Then they put up another fence, which God didn't put, you know, with legalism. And then they say, no, you're not even supposed to touch it. No, you know what? Um, smoking cigarettes is a sin. Wearing your hair long is a sin. Um, you know, if you don't wear the right color hosiery in certain places, these, they, they keep adding all these things. And that was the problem of the Pharisees during Jesus' day because they had put tradition, man-made tradition, on par and even above the Word of God. That is legalism. That is what Jesus called bondage. It said they add to you these things, burdens, heavy to carry, because we weren't meant to do that. God, you know, and I love it, it says, you know, he came to set the captives free. And that was Jesus' mandate when he was quoting from uh, Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 61. He says, I come to set the the captives free. It was, it was a jubilee. He was, you know, telling people that they were putting uh, legalistic things that aren't found in the Word of God, right? They put those fences up and they were adding to the Word of God. So that's another reason why we need to read the Bible and find out what it's there for, right? So let's go ahead and, and keep keep going. So you know, we surmise here, or at least I do, is that Adam, you know, didn't want her to do that. So he, he started setting up that, that, that fence around that tree because touching it wasn't the sin. Obviously, it was probably, you know, a little more drawn in. But um, verse 4 says, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. So that's just, bam outright lie. God just said in Genesis 2:17 that in the day that you eat of it you will surely die. And now here the serpent says he will not surely die. So again he impugns the character of God. We can see why he's in a lot of trouble, right? And so he lies. So there he he's, you know, scriptures call him the father of lies. You know, Satan, you know, <laughs> I've seen some cartoons where, uh, you know, Jesus is uh, speaking and, and uh, you know, Satan's sitting there all, you know, kind of frumpy and stuff. And, uh, you know, Satan says something like, well, how do you know I'm lying? And Jesus says, well, your lips are moving, you know, and that's, you know, the kind of the thing. But I tell you what, the most effective lie, right, has a little bit of truth mixed into it. And you'll hear 
from me, um, rat poison is 99.9% nutritious. It's a very, very small part that is poisonous to rats, which probably just means that rats are a little more discerning than people because there's some, uh, you know, new age philosophies and all kinds of other uh, nonsense that's out there that does have, it has a hook, right? And it's baited, right? But it's death, spiritual death. Just enough there to get hooked, right? And then they get them. So that's the way Satan works. Verse 5, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. <laughs> that's, that's the lie of the New Age. Mormons believe that they will become gods. They will become their own Messiah if you follow their plan, okay? And then you get your own universe and then you can die for your own planet. It's a really uh, kind of neat uh, plan, but, it, but it's a lie. And um, New Age, the heart of, of uh, if you want to just take a pot, and because there's so many different uh, New Age philosophies out there, if you just boil it all away and you look in the bottom of the pan, basically what they have is you can be like God. That is the lie right here being introduced. And... Um, because Satan wants to be like God. And so that's the lie that he introduced there in verse 5. So verse 6, so when the woman saw, okay, the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. And that was the downfall right there. And then it says, and then she gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Right? It says, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves. Notice that they made themselves coverings. So something happened here when they did this. And this is what um, scholars call uh, original sin. This is where sin and death entered the picture. And if you remember, we were talking about... Um, Dominion back uh, a few sessions ago. And dominion is rulership. And what happened here is now life is now deposed and forfeits its position because they, they sinned against God with unbelief. All right? That doubt that we said, has God said... Then the lie, they take, they eat, they sin against God in their unbelief, all right? And that is a, bears, you know, searching out the, the whole uh, faith versus unbelief. And, and we'll take a little bit of a look at that. And, um, but they knew as soon as that happened, it was all good up to then. And that, 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 that fruit, okay, it was the knowledge of good and evil. Well, they only had good. So now they know 
evil. They are now experiencing evil. I don't know what it was like at that moment, okay? But we can only imagine as the profound effect of perfection, which we can't even imagine that. That perfection, all of a sudden, in a, in a moment, as soon as they sin, boom, it's perfection already begins to deteriorate to some point where um, I like to think that the Bible talks about we'll have glory, okay? Glory is um, not, biblical glory isn't about telling stories about our old high school football games. Biblical idea of glory is when uh, God would show up or angels would show up, it talks about their glory, and, and it means they, they literally would radiate and, and shine. And there's all kinds of cultures throughout the world where they talk about the star people and the shining ones. Um, that I think that they had a glory, a light, a covering of light, which I believe that's what we'll have once we uh, achieve our glorification when we get to heaven and that will be restored. So the, the idea here of um, the glorification is that they lost that and then they realized that they lost something. And what they, they thought they were gonna gain, right? To, to make one wise, this tree, you know, the allure, here, the, 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 the car salesman of the serpent here gets him to buy a lemon. Maybe it was a lemon. Maybe it wasn't an apple. Maybe it was a lemon that they ate. We don't know what it was, but it was probably more like a lemon. Um, that they, then they realized that they, they, they had lost something and they became naked and shame enters the picture. So this is the origin of death the origin of shame, um, the origin of self-effort because they, they try and to clothe themselves. Now they're trying to make up, you know, they're like, oh, you know, it's like you, you, you break your mom's vase, right? You know you're in trouble, right? <laughs> and you're trying to put it together and, and it's just shattered. There's, you know, you, you, you work for a little bit and then you're just like, you, you know it's not going to work, so you kind of, you turn the good end facing out this way, hoping that they won't see it here, and, and, and you, you know it's not going to happen. You, you're, you're, just, you're in trouble. And um, so we have the original fall. This is the fall and the sin of man. And uh, Ezekiel... Uh, 18 verse 20 it talks about um, the effects of sin and what happened here okay is what died they didn't physically die because the chronology here says that Adam you know and Eve lived for, for quite a while after this incident so you know but God said that in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die and what happened, what died right then was the, their spirit. Their spirit man, their spirit, you know, body, soul, and spirit, their spirit died. And the process of death began. This is probably where the laws of entropy are also introduced. 
So you can see how much, just in this little section here, how, how things are changing rapidly. And we have, all of a sudden, we have all these new problems of, you know, evil being introduced. Because they already knew what was good. Now they're beginning to learn firsthand on what the effects of evil are. So in Ezekiel uh, 18, it talks about um, God was actually clarifying this uh, with the prophets. And he was talking to the people and the and they wanted to know the ways of the Lord. And he's basically telling them the soul that sins shall surely die. Now the soul is your 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 like um, your desires and, and who you are. It's it's um, your your personality, and it is, I'm sure it's a lot more than than what I can you know uh, let you know. But that's your, 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 the spirit man that needs to be revived that died at that point the soul that sins shall surely die when when the spirit dies the spirit communicates with spirit and and in the gospel of john it talks about that god you know jesus says god is a spirit and those who want to worship him must worship him in spirit and truth so that spirit communicates with spirit and and god searches the deep things by his spirit in our spirit and that was interrupted there at the garden. And, and um, Romans, uh, at some point we'll do a, we'll do a full-blown study on uh, the book of Romans. But um, if you read like the first, you know, seven chapters, it's uh, the Apostle Paul just makes this airtight argument that everybody's a sinner. Okay? And, and, and that's just... The process that that's what we are. Cats meow, dogs bark, people sin. We all have that sin fallen nature, and, and sin just means to, to miss the mark. God requires perfection, and nobody's perfect. In Romans 3:23, it, it says, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all going to come short. That's why, as you'll see here in Genesis chapter three, God already has the plan of restoration in place because God could have, you know, he could have, boom, he could have uh, just, you know, taken, taken them all out right there. He could have taken Adam out, Eve out, the serpent, you know, and just started all over again. But what we'll see is we'll see there's this process because God has given us free will. That's, we are free moral agents. Angels are also free moral agents. And angels learn because they don't have perfect knowledge. They don't have perfect revelation. Scriptures talk about how the angels desire to look into the things. And so they're learning about God's plan also. But they're learning it through what they're watching in us. They see God. We don't. So the, um, if, a, if an angel sins, he is... He's, he's damned for, for all eternity. He's, there's no course of repentance for angels. So angels that enter into rebellion know their final destination. And I think this is a good point, place that we, we see that as um, Eve, the process that goes through here as sin begins to 
have its effect and its allure. And um, this is so crucial to our understanding that this is Genesis chapter 3. All right? We have this incident here, the original sin, the fall of man, because sin and death is introduced here. In the rest of our Bible, okay, except for the first two chapters, and then the last two chapters, we have this issue, all right, all the way through here that deals with this sin problem. And one of the tragedies today in America is too many good-meaning people try to stay away from the sin word. There's been a movement for maybe 15 or 20 years, um, seeker-sensitive type of models and stuff, and there's, you know, good people out there. But the deception is, has God said? They're not being honest with the full counsel of God. The Apostle Paul said, I haven't held back Anything He goes, I gave you the full counsel of God. And, you know, sometimes it, it hurts, you know, our pride, our self-esteem, um, you know, to, to be told that, that we have a problem. But we do. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves, okay, pulpits around America and all over the world need to get back and talk about the real issues because to steer away from sin and possibly offending somebody is is foolish. It's foolish because Jesus always went and dealt with the heart of the problem. He always went to the core issue of sin. And, you know, that's why... God's holiness cannot tolerate sin. That's why Jesus died on a cross for us because he didn't even give the Son of God a pass. When Jesus became sin, that's what happened on the cross, says he who knew no sin became sin. And God poured out his wrath on his own Son, taking our... Who knows what? But he just poured out his wrath on his own son, sparing not his only son. All right? God deals with sin. So let's uh, bounce over um, to James. Uh, It's towards the back here. I think we got enough time. Maybe we can finish uh, this little segment here this is called uh, anatomy of sin and i'm going to do a whole teaching uh just just on this so we're in james chapter 1 verses uh 12 through like 15 this is anatomy of sin and then we'll take a quick look at this and we'll wrap this session up 
um, is talking about loving God under trials. James here says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. When he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, since which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So that means that Christians are going to have some temptations because God wants to see how you respond, that free moral agent uh, thing we were talking about. And it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Okay? But each one, listen to this. Now this is where God's assigning, showing us where the origin is here. It says, but each one of us is tempted when he is drawn away. That's that hawk, all right? Drawn away by his own desires and enticed, right? Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Okay, so there's a process going on here. And sin, when it is full grown, brings death. Now let's go back to uh, Genesis chapter 3 and see this, this, this process also. So Eve saw the tree. Okay, she's, she's looking now. She's being enticed. Okay, this is the way Hollywood works. All right. Saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes. Right? See this process going on? A desirable, so now she's being enticed, right? It says she took of the fruit and ate. Sin's conceived, and God says, the day that you do it, you'll surely die. So sin brings death, and we need to know what we're dealing with. So let's go ahead and wrap up this session here. Um, a little tough here, but it's, it's critical to our understanding, to understand the origin of sin, the origin of death, and how that absolutely just cripples faith. Because faith, remember, unbelief is sin. All right? So what we want to do is we'll wrap this up, and, and next week we'll begin to look uh, a little closer at shame and guilt and, and the effects of, of sin that we deal with that only God can cleanse us from. Many of the problems people have today who, who go to psychological offices and stuff, they're really dealing with a, a guilt issues. They have, they have a, a guilty conscience or they've been wronged and there's unforgiveness and, and guilt and shame all wrapped up, all has its origin right here, okay? And only God can forgive sin. And you want that forgiveness? I tell you what, it's when you enter into God and you ask Him to forgive Him, you, of our sins, right to forgive God's idea of forgiving is forgetting if you want to invite the Lord Jesus into your heart to forgive you of your sins to have the burdens and the guilt I'm not promising you you know a winning ticket to the lottery here what I'm promising you is freedom from the sins of the world 
Invite the Lord into your heart. Make him not only Lord, but Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. I'm a sinner. I need you. Help me to understand your words so I can better please you and live a life well-pleasing unto you. We got an exciting episode coming next week. Stay with us. We'll see you next time on Winds of Change. God bless you.